Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of America's Conservative Podcast. I am your host, Ed Denzel. It's Valentine's Day. Um, hopefully, hopefully you've done your shopping, guys. You, women, for the women that listen to this show, you got nothing to worry about. I, if you have a guy who actually cares whether he gets something for Valentine's Day or not, you've probably picked the wrong guy. I know you want to do something nice for him, but if your guy is so sensitive that he needs stuff on Valentine's Day, uh, yeah, you may want to do something about that. That's just my opinion. I, I Even when I have been in relationships around Valentine's Day, like I said, as I've been telling you, it's been years, over a decade, easily. Um... I've never expected to get anything. It's Isn't this a women's holiday? Isn't this really just a modification of Mother's Day? Really? Kinda? So that's the way I looked at it. In fact, that's the way I, I looked at it back in the day. Of course, these days I don't think about it much except for when the day hits and I get to make fun of everybody else. <coughs> so there you go on that. But it's today is the day, guys. If you don't want to sleep on the couch for maybe the next year until next Valentine's Day because you'll have to make up for it doubly, triply, quadruply next year, you better do something today. But, you know, it's funny being that this is a political show that I was looking up the the history of Valentine's Day. And it, we think of it as a manufactured holiday at least a little bit. We think of it as being a corporate holiday. And there was a St. Valentine. And actually, the history of Valentine's, at least in Western culture, goes back to the 1400s, 1500s, 15th century, whichever century that would be. And But it's been not until in like the 1700s, 1800s, that Valentine's started getting getting connected with bows and lace and the color red and and gifts and hearts and everything else. Once again, at least in Western culture. Although, I was reading something, and of course I just go to Wikipedia, that that even now in Asian countries with Valentine's Day, it's even a bigger deal there, I guess, than it is in Western culture. The, the people get really, really extravagant in in those cultures. Whereas here in Western culture, guy gets away probably, you know, if today you're going to do a card, some candy and dinner, that's probably going to cover you for the next year. But I don't know if you could get away with just simply stuff like that in Eastern cultures. At least that's what it said on Wikipedia. Maybe it's a total lie. So there you go. But I was thinking that being that i th- i think that just you know if i need to be honest about this i think a lot of men think of it even though they know they have to do something today they think of it as a manufactured holiday even though once again it goes back quite a ways but they think it as something for a way for hershey's and hallmark and all, all these different companies that are involved, Godiva chocolates and everything else, they think of it as a way that corporations can get more money out of people. And I, I, you know, and I have to tell you, I can't totally disagree with that. But 
You have to wonder what liberals are thinking today. You know, liberals being that they hate corporations. <coughs> Allegedly. I'm sorry I'm coughing, but still struggling with the, the allergies. I feel great, but continue to cough up mucus. Yeah, like you want to hear that. Um, you have to wonder what liberals are thinking. They hate corporations. Corporations are ruining the world. And then it comes to Valentine's Day, and then guaranteed there are liberal women out there who hate corporations who expect to be getting corporate stuff today. And there are a bunch of liberal guys who hate corporations who are probably thinking, I got to buy corporate stuff today to cover my butt for the next year. Got to love. It's just funny. And they probably, and the thing is, they, some of them probably love it. You know, and this is why I've always said this, this whole thing about liberals hating corporations. They love corporations. They love them. Even if they're making money, they love them. They, they love to tax them and they want to regulate them and everything, but they want their corporations to stick around and they want the bad ones, whatever that means, the, the defense contractors and everything to go away. But overall, when it comes right down to it, if it's down between their ability to be in a relationship or hate corporations, they're going to stay in the relationship and buy from corporations all day. That's how much they hate corporations. Because Hallmark's a huge corporation. These chocolate companies are huge corporations. Wherever they're going to go get this stuff for Valentine's Day, they're all huge corporations. And they love doing it. And there's no liberal woman who's going to put up with this evening that the guy comes home and says, I didn't get you anything because I would have had to have bought it from a corporation. That guy is going to get dumped from a liberal woman. No matter how much she may hate corporations, today she loves them. So... It's just kind of funny. It's just, just, hey, it's a political show. I have to bring something up like that. So it's, I think it's a little bit manufactured, and I'm glad that I don't have anything to do with it today. Thank goodness. And probably I'll get to go do some disc golf today, and nobody, nobody will be out. Everybody will be going out doing their relationship stuff. The courses will be empty. I'm going to love it. Um, did you see this? There's something else I want to talk about. A little bit political. Did you hear about Josh Elliott? He was a host on CBS. He got escorted out of the building yesterday. I didn't hear anything about this and just happened upon the news story this morning. But he announced, I guess this past Friday, he announced that he was leaving the show. And he never told any of his bosses that he was planning to leave. Just did it right there on the air. And, you know, it reminded me, I did that once when I left uh, 7-Eleven. I did that. Now, me, I didn't do it on a Friday. I did it on a Monday morning. On Friday, it must have been April 1999, I had enough of that job. Just the worst. Worst. Worked with the worst people in the worst business I can't even say I like the people that I worked with. Usually, you know, you have a, a tough job. You like the people that you worked with. You know, I've had a couple things like that. This, the people were bad. The business was bad. The products were bad. The accounting was bad. The employees were bad. It was all bad. All of it. Every single bit of it. But I came on a Monday morning and just gave myself to my boss and I said I quit. I have to tell you, everybody should do that at least once in his or her life. No two weeks notice, 
No apologies, nothing. You got to do it just for the feeling because it's awesome. And those people deserved it. They really did. They really did. Um, so reading this story about Josh Elliott, I, I, my mind automatically – it's going to be 18 years ago this April. That's hard to believe. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember the look on my boss's face. Her name was Carmen. Uh, and uh, I did not like her at all, and I don't think she liked me at all either. But I remember the look on her face when I told her. She thought I was like joking around or something. I said, I'm out of here. I gave her all my books and bags, and I had a company car and everything. I said, the car's out in the lot, took everything out of it. I'm out of here. I already had a ride arranged to take me back to my apartment. I'm out of here. She wanted me to do this. She should, no, I'm done. You need to talk to me from now on. I'll be at my place. You have my phone number. Goodbye. That's what I did. That's the only job that I've ever uh, quit like that. But it was awesome, and those people deserved it. To this day, they did. So I thought about Josh Elliott. Maybe he was linked to the same thing. Maybe he was been going through some tough times at CBS. I don't know what his ratings are or anything. Maybe it's a tough place to work. I don't know. But he did that, didn't let anybody know that he was going to quit. I love it. Uh, he may be the hugest liberal in the world, but I, I just love it when somebody does that. Unlike Megyn Kelly, who did it the more proper way when she was leaving Fox News, and of course her contract was up with Josh Elliott, I think that it was just – he's just leaving. All right, let's get to the real, real uh, heavy-duty news here. Enough joking around on this Valentine's Day. Uh, this isn't a clever saying. Somebody already thought of this, but instead of in like Flynn, out like Flynn. Mike Flynn gone from the National Security Advisor position. Um, this had been brewing. I didn't even have a chance to talk about it yesterday. It was on the list, but I didn't get to it. I'm glad I guess I didn't because what I had would have said would have been out of date by the time you listen to this on Red State Talk Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. On the Prime Channel, RedStateTalkRadio.com. But he is gone, and it has to do with some conversations that he had had with the Russian ambassador to the United States. What was, if you remember, regarding all of this Russian involvement in the United States election, if you believe that, Barack Obama, in response, issued some sanctions and kicked some people, Russian diplomats, out of the United States. And then after this happened, like the end of December. But in the meantime, after that happened, Mike Flynn had been talking to the Russian ambassador somewhere, somehow, for some reason. It wasn't, I don't think it was like he went out of his way to do this. It's not like he flew to Russia to do this, but had a meeting with this guy. And. Had talked to him, but he was asked afterwards by Vice President Mike Pence, Vice President-elect Mike Pence, and others, would you talk about? Well, Mike Pence, (coughs) Mike Flynn never passed on to Pence and others that part of that discussion had been about those sanctions that Barack Obama had had, uh, instituted. Well... We're now finding out that that was a lie. And in fact, I think what happened, and 
it's portrayed this way in a couple different places where I read it. Because what happened was that Russia allegedly is involved in the election. Barack Obama, the Democrats all get ticked off. Uh, they decide they're going to do something about it with these sanctions. And the belief is that Vladimir Putin was going to do something in retaliation to whatever Barack Obama was going to do. Well, what happened was Barack Obama and his people issued these sanctions, and the Russians didn't offer anything in response. They didn't retaliate, like kick the United States people out of, the, out of Russia or anything like that. And the big question was why? Well, now we think we know. And the reason is probably because Mike Flynn was talking to the Russian ambassador and says, hey, don't worry about whatever Barack Obama is going to do. You know, that's going to change once Donald Trump's, you know, he's the president-elect. He's going to become president. You don't have to to worry anything about that. And that is the reason people believe now that Russian didn't retaliate because they were under the impression once Donald Trump got elected, became actual president, that those sanctions would go away. Well, the problem, it wouldn't be, I mean, that's a little bit of a deal, and there's the Logan Act going back to the 1800s or uh, 18th century having to do with private people trying to do deals with other countries, like acting as diplomats to get in the way of uh, American diplomacy and getting along with other countries. It's a somewhat dated idea now, but uh, so that allegation came up that that was what Flynn was doing. But the big deal is that Mike Flynn was asked about this by people in the administration, particularly Mike Pence, who would have been vice president-elect at the time. And Mike Flynn denied that he said, yeah, I talked to the ambassador, but those sanction talks never came up. Never, No, never came up. Well, a little bit of an investigation that was been done since then, because I guess the FBI and everything weren't willing to take Mike Flynn's word on that, have discovered that 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 was part of the discussion. In fact, the Russian ambassador said as much in his communication with his people, and then it was issued to the Trump administration, now the Trump's president, that. Mike Flynn, because he lied, might have set himself up to be blackmailed by the Russians because he lied his superiors in favor of keep his discussions with this Russian ambassador, at least one of the topics, secret. That's why Mike Flynn is now gone. Now, you should know something, though, is that there have been concerns, at least from the right, you can find... um, Stories, people being concerned about Mike Flynn going back to last summer. First of all, you need to know something. He's not a Republican. Now, I know maybe for national security stuff, we're supposed to look past the affiliation. And in fact, Barack Obama kept on uh, George W. Bush's secretary of defense when he became president. Remember that? I know that we're supposed to look past those things, but there were concerns about him going back to last summer, has a big mouth, buys into conspiracy theories. Uh, It's probably a little too vocal for a national security position 
uh, regarding his, his statements about Muslims and Islam. Keep in mind, this isn't the 1940s anymore. Generals aren't like uh, Patton and MacArthur who make these big statements and are flashy. And the, the tone of generals and really what they're supposed to be doing has changed over time. The leaders in the military. They're kind of like children. They're supposed to be seen and not heard. And maybe that's a little bit of a it's a, probably a huge change in the, the relationship between uh, civil servants or public leaders, just regular citizen leaders, and military leaders. Remember, military leaders take their orders from the president. They take their orders from politicians. National Guard... In states, take orders from the governor. That's how it works in the United States. So, I, I, I got to believe, I, I would say that picking Flynn in the first place was a bad idea, but it seemed like Donald Trump and his people were hell-bent on doing that, even though there were concerns, in many, and not just among never-Trump people, not like myself. In fact, I don't even believe I ever talked, ever even talked about Mike Flynn uh, the last year. Um, but in more you know, circles that concentrate more on military issues, that singularly concerned about that, there were concerns about him and they just blew it off. Just completely ignored it. And regarding Mike Pence, uh, it seems to me that he's really, really ticked off at Mike Flynn for lying to him and made Mike Pence and others look like idiots because Mike Pence kind of vouched for Mike Flynn, and now he's lived to regret it. It was a bad pick in the first place. This is one of those situations where, once again, you have a choice of all of these different people you could have picked, and the administration picks a Democrat, an outspoken conspiracy theorist Democrat. Just seems like an odd choice to me. And now he's gone. He's issued his resignation. Did he get fired? Resigned? Who knows? Who cares? But it has to be one of, as somebody said, has to be one of the shortest tenures of of any person in an appointed position in American history. Has to be. And this guy brought it on himself. Now, there is something else to this. This time yesterday, I'm doing this show at around 11.15 a.m. on Tuesday. Around this time yesterday, Monday, Kelly Conway and Conway was being interviewed about Mike Flynn and just completely went out there and obviously we now know completely lied saying that Mike Flynn had the support of the Donald Trump and, and, and everything that she said. Now, I don't want to know, being that fake news has been such a topic in the last few months since the election, is what she was doing there yesterday lying, obviously lying. She had to have known that Mike Flynn was on, maybe didn't realize that Mike Flynn was going to resign, But she had to have known that the administration, particularly Mike Pence, wanted Mike Flynn gone. She had to have known that Mike Flynn lied 
to uh, her boss, her former boss or whatever, Donald Trump, about this discussion with the Russian ambassador. She had to have known all of that. But she went on there yesterday and completely lied. Now, I want to know, was Kellyanne Conway circulating fake news? Being that she and so many in the administration and too many dang conservatives out there have all gotten caught up in this fake news stuff, was Kellyanne Conway now issuing fake news? This is why I've told you, you start going down that road, there's no coming back. This is why I haven't... This is one why I haven't been too crazy about it because I know that people lie all the time and must create fake news for a lot of very good reasons. Now, keep in mind, I know why she has to go out and do that. You know, she's not going to go out there and say, yeah, President Trump really has his doubts about Mike Flynn. And she couldn't say that there are suspicions that Mike Flynn lied to Mike Pence, and she she couldn't go out and do that. I don't get me wrong, I don't I understand that, but those are lies, and lies are fake news. That's what they are. Fake news are lies. This is why I thought too many people got on this bang, bandwagon of yeah, we got to go after liberals. They're creating fake news. Well, guess what? Republicans do it a lot too. Once again. Lying sometimes and creating fake news is good. The problem is, is that too many people buy into it, which is a totally different discussion. Totally different. But the problem is that Kellyanne Conway went on there and lied, and probably a few days from now, she's going to be back to talking about fake news and how the media just puts fake stories out there. You put fake stories out there, Ms. Conway. She married? I have no idea. Ms. Conway. What about that? See? And I know what you're going to say. You're going to rationalize. Well, I couldn't really do this. I really couldn't say this. I really couldn't. Well, I understand that. But you know what? Sometimes other people do that too. They rationalize things away. The truth is, you know why Kellyanne Conway was on there? Because she needed some airtime. She knew that she was going to go on there and lie, and she went on there anyway. That's the problem with fake news. This is also the problem, I would say, with our whole 24-7 news cycle. They have to fill up time, so they'll just put anybody on there. Person has nothing to say, so they'll say anything. Kellyanne Conway, if we were back to an older style of the way news was covered in the United States, there wouldn't be any time to keep put Kellyanne Conway on there, and then she wouldn't have a chance to lie and create fake news. But she wants to go on there. She wants her 15 minutes of fame. She needs to get paid, or she's on retainer, or however that stuff works. They're all publicity hounds. That's why they're on there. And they know they can't go on there and tell the truth. So they go on there and lie. It's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. I, I know it sounds like such a choir boy here. That I want truth from everybody. And I just said, I understand people have to go on if they're going to go on and lie. The, the, the fact is, though, she didn't need to be there. 
She didn't need to be there. But she went on anyway and lied. Got the microphone hooked up to her, had the lights all all in her mind, said, okay, I'm going to go on here and I'm going to lie. That's the problem with media today. And it covers the entire spectrum of every ideology in the, the country of the United States and in the world. That everybody else, everybody thinks it's the other person's problem. Conservatives think it's the liberals' problem. Liberals think it's the conservatives' problem. Conservatives think it's the alt-right's problem. The alt-right thinks it's the alt-less problem. The, and the left and the right blame it on the mod. It's all, everybody's lying. Everybody's creating fake news. Everybody. But we're so caught up in our own egos and arrogance that we don't want to admit it. We rationalize, well, we have to because. I have to vote for Hillary Clinton or I can't vote for Hillary Clinton because, uh, you know, she's the worst. Everybody's rationalizing stuff. And you wonder why the world never gets better. Rationalization is what addicts do. Uh, Rationalization is what alcoholics do. Rationalization is what people who are hopped up on opioids do. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll I'll get my life better tomorrow. This really doesn't hurt me. Another drink's not going to kill me. But we've rationalized this all the way. And all of us, unfortunately, including myself, are all addicts to this stuff. I try not to be. That's why I talk about it. It helps me talking about this uh, five days a week for about a little a little less than an hour. It really helps my uh, mental framework, my mental stability, that I can come to this microphone to talk it out with myself. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't get to do that. But it, it's, a, it's a horrible situation what we've worked ourselves into. And I mean, we even I to just to so go how so how show you how far this has gone. Now uh, some people on the alt right, these alt right wackos, are saying that Trump they're hating Trump now because they think that Trump fell for fake news that Mike Flynn really didn't do this. Then what's all this resignation about, alt right people? Why would he resign if the, if it is a lie that he? And the truth is that he didn't say anything to this Russian ambassador about the sanctions. What about that? Why is he resigning then? We all suffer from our own delusions. And uh, it's I, – I, I believe that this eventually – the problem is this is eventually going to bounce back somehow, and it's not going to be good for anybody. This is why I continue to say if this country is going to get on the right track, uh, there, it's going to get worse before it gets better. We have a lot um, – we've made a lot of mistakes. We've committed a lot of sins, and if the country, the United States, were to go into confession, if you don't know what that is, if you're not Roman Catholic, it's where you go in and talk to the priest about your sins, and you bury your soul to him, and then he prescribes like five Our Fathers and ten Hail Marys or something like that. This is what the United States needs. We need to confess to our sins regarding 
uh, our culture and re- regarding the deficits and the debt that we run, the rationalizations that our citizens go through, taking money from other people. You know, money our government has stolen from some people by force and given to other people, and these people take it as if it's, as if it's their own. And fake news in the media and our education system and our uh, and our our attitude toward abortion and, and everything else. We need to go to confession. This is exactly where we are all so dirty, and we all think it's the other person who's dirty. We can't admit to our own sins because that might make us look weak. That might open up uh, a a way for our enemy uh, to beat us. Well, here's what I know. The way we're going, we're going to beat our – we don't have to worry about our enemies on the other side ideologically or however may, those may be, those people may be. Because of our own dirtiness, we're going to destroy ourselves. We won't even need – the, the other side. This is why it's, I've been so worried about conservatives embracing Donald Trump. You won't even – at some point, you won't even need liberalism to beat us. We'll just beat ourselves by embracing a guy who's not conservative because I knew you all were going to become so loyal to him. You're so worried about liberals beating you. You don't worry about – you know what? You may be defeating yourselves by the bad choices that you're making. Nobody ever considers that. So, um, Mike Flynn, gone. Had to go. Kelly Conway, liar. Also probably lying about Priebus so she can get the chief of staff job. Liar, creating fake news. She complains about fake news. She creates it. And then finally, the United States needs to go to confession. I got to go to the break. You've been listening to America's Conservative Podcast. The voice of American conservatism. WRS Digital, Red State Talk Radio. And we are back at America's Conservative Podcast. Wow, that was perfect timing. I finished recording the first half of the show, and just as I hit save for the first part of the show, the power went out in my place. I don't know. I've talked about this before. I'm just going to say this again. I lived in Las Vegas for 13 and a half years. Air conditioning's running all the time. We've got all the lights on the strip using up huge amounts of electricity. I bet the power went out less than six times the entire time I lived there in 13 and a half years. The power goes out in this in my place in Madeira Beach at least once every other week. Know why that is? I have. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I have no idea. It's just bizarre. But just as I hit save, everything blinked. It wasn't like it was just like snap of the fingers. It went off. It went on. It wasn't like it was off for ten seconds or so. I had to wait for my computer to reboot and the the router to come back on and the Wi-Fi to come back on and everything. What a mess. What a mess. So let's move on. I found this story. Here's a funny story. It started off the, sh- the beginning of the show, a little funny stuff. We're going to get back into a little bit of the funny stuff, but it is informative. I found this article at Fox News. I hope this isn't fake news. That suddenly, suddenly, out of nowhere, 
some some people who know are suddenly starting to say, you know, we're not we're looking at that geology of that border between Mexico and the United States with uh, Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona, and and you know what? There are some geological formations and marshlands and everything. It's going to be impossible to build a wall in some of those areas. The wall that that everybody wants. Oh, really? I am shocked to use the line. If you ever know, knew where that uh, comes from, that comes from the movie Casablanca. I am shocked, I tell you, shocked that there is geological formations in those er- that area that may cause the wall to not be built or it's going to be really, really tough to do so. I got to tell you something. You think somebody would have figured that out before today. Being that Donald Trump has been talking about that for since he started his campaign, only now is Fox News start, suddenly starting to talk about, I don't know if this is going to be possible. See, this is once again, I wonder how long they've been withholding this story. Because the way I read this, see, I, I happen to believe that the I've never been to the Mexican border between, I came really close in Arizona. I worked on a TV show that we filmed way, 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 very close to the Mexican border down there. But uh, I know the area just from what I've heard about it, and it doesn't surprise me that some geologists would say, you know what, this is going to be a little tough. And I wonder how long that they've known about this because, you know, already there is already politically the back the backpedaling on this wall. I know Trump keeps talking about it, but he said the Mexicans are going to pay for it. No, now the American taxpayer is going to pay for it. Now they're going to get their money back through tariffs. What are they going to do? Is Donald Trump going to give these this tariff money all back to the American people? How much is that going to cost? How hard is that going to be? Heck, the IRS can't even get its checks back to a taxpayer sometimes the refund checks it goes to to fraudsters and we're supposed to believe the american people are going to get their money back from paying for a wall really so it it it's not surprising to me that this this story now pops up that pops up now see if we had responsible news organizations including fox news Somebody would have gone down there and then asked this question of Donald Trump a long time ago. Well, you know that in this area it's going to be a little difficult. And you know in that area it's going to be a little difficult. This is funny. This is really hilarious. So I'm telling you, this wall, if it gets built, it's going to be just a a shadow of what everybody thinks. This is one of the reasons that Donald Trump got elected. And I think that obviously Fox, Fox News is going to run interference for him for the next four years or eight years. And now they're coming up with a reason. Now they're finally publishing. Well, you know what? If that wall doesn't get built, here, here's the reason. There's just going to be areas where they're not going to be able to put the wall. Yes, people will still be able to cross there, but actually building a wall that's going to be able to stay there, it's going to be feasibly built, it's just not going to happen. And so you're going to have to excuse Donald Trump 
if that doesn't happen. You're just going to have to give him a break, American people. Even though I know a lot of you voted for him on that, you're just going to have to get with the program and understand that these geological formations, there's nothing can be done about it. And Donald Trump didn't know. Well, why didn't he know? See, my inclination would be that everybody, the, the people who know are supposed to knew, they just didn't want to tell you about it because that would have hurt his campaign. Just one more thing. All of you people, you conservatives, you just keep defending him. Just keep defending him. It's, it's disgraceful. But it is, uh, you know, shouldn't have, once again, if this wasn't looked at before, just saying if it wasn't. Shouldn't have this been done at some time? Couldn't have uh, Donald Trump, you know, with all his billions that he has, couldn't he have hired a couple geologists to go down there before he talked about, hey, I'd like you to just go travel the, the, the length of the area that would need to build the, this wall and come back to me and you tell me what kind of problems uh, we may have regarding this. Any geological formations? I don't need any deep studies. I just want you to go by there. See some lakes, some rivers, some mountains, just things that are going to be tough to maybe get by. Just want you to tell me about them. You know, with all his billions, uh, you know, geologists probably work cheap. But we're going to make America great again, right? That's what we're going to do. But that is a pretty funny story. Just think it would have come up before now. Uh, let's move on to something else. This is uh, a, a very interesting and, and a little bit of a sad story. Uh, there is an, uh, a writer who is gay. His name is Chadwick Morris. And he's a, I don't know if he's freelance writer. I don't know. But he was assigned to do an article on Milo Yiannopoulos, that guy that, you know, the clickbait guy causing controversy I was going to speak at Berkeley, and they burnt the town down, that guy. If you don't know, Milo is gay. And Chadwick Morris is a writer. He worked for Out Magazine, and he was assigned to do an article on Milo. And it was uh, – he got – he's gotten in a lot of trouble from his friends. It's, a, it's an article it's, that he has written about. And he has now discovered, because he got so much crap for doing this article and covering Milo, uh, that from his own people, people he called friends, that he is now shunned by them. Shunned. Uh, he talks about going to some of the hangouts that you usually go to, and people or his friends just ignore him now. And he's been attacked by people on the left for doing what he did, even though... He was just doing what he was supposed to be doing, was doing his job, doing this reporting. And it's through this that he, he talks about how he finally got to view the left from the outside, what it's like to be on the outside looking in at the, at the leftist movement, the liberal movement in the United States. Because to this point, of course, he was deep in it. And now that they're after, they've been after him, he gets to look at it on the outside, and he's finally discovered, man, these people, they really are ugly. 
And he, he talks about in the article that because of him being attacked and losing all of these friends and everything, that he's now has a new relationship with his father, father who's a Republican. And now they, the two of them can now talk about issues, not that they agree on everything, but he now understands more of where his parents were coming from and their political ideas. And this is something that you know I, I know that I've got I, I've gotten to learn. And I got to learn it while working around liberals for a long time. And I've told you that if you look at my friends list, for example, on Facebook, I have way more liberal friends than I do conservatives ones. Not that I actually look at them in that way. But I have way more liberal friends than I have conservative friends, mainly because of the work that I did while I lived in Las Vegas. And I do call them my friends. We had a lot of great times together and everything. But I can tell you this, that when push comes to shove, my liberal friends can be much uglier than my conservative friends. Now, I'm not saying that my conservative friends are perfect either. But it's definitely in a different way, and you have to under you know what we don't maybe appreciate, and being being a never Trump person, I would know about this as well as anybody, is that I, the never Trump people, you know, we were attacked for a year and a half from people who we respected, like used to respect Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Lauren Ingram, Laura Ingram. We were attacked by prominent conservative politicians who decided they wanted to go along with Trump. We've been attacked by the alt-right and all of that. And I have to admit, it never really got to me. I, I think all of those people, I can dismiss it, them as, as being idiots and not you know, looking far enough down the road regarding all this. And that's still an attitude that I have. But the left is way worse. We... T- I, you know, all of this stuff. Remember, before it was the divisions that we have now, it was divisions between the grassroots and the establishment. We always were wondering, what does that word even mean? Had disagreements, but nothing compares to what got people like Chadwick Morris have to go through. People who have been liberals, good people, but liberals, and then they do something. This guy, just because of his job, he did it. And they are uh, attacked to the point where they're pushed out of the group, and then they once again, they get to look at it from the outside in. It's like being in a room with all these people, and then they push you out the door, and then you have to look at inside from outside through a window, and you say, what was I doing in that building in the first place? Because while you're in it, you don't realize it. You don't realize how bad it is, how ugly it is, how these people can be. It's not until you get outside of it that you say, man, that's that's wicked. Man, it's ugly. And that, I think, continues to be the difference between us and them. I, I do believe that liberals play way nastier than conservatives do. I do believe that. In general. Although the alt-right is <laughs> pushing that idea a little bit, uh, no, or uh, making me question that d- idea at least a little bit. But still, nothing, and I know that 
Uh, if you ever listen to the podcast that Jay Nordlinger does, that Mona Sharon does, they talk about being attacked by the alt right, and you know they say it's stuff they've never. They've been in politics for thirty years. It's nothing like they've ever experienced. Well, that still is nothing probably compared to what Chadwick Morris has asked to go on you. And you have to remember, he's gay, and so you're gay, you're supposed to be a Democrat. That's just the way it is. Just like if you're black, you're supposed to be a Democrat. If you're not, you're just, you know, what would what, what, what is some of those black leaders said? You're a house slave, as they've put it. And the alt-right, that's why I can see, you know, the alt-right, I don't know how conservative they are because they certainly do have the communication abilities and anger management issues just like the left does. And this is why I continue to say that it's been a huge mistake for conservative leaders to embrace those people. But... Uh, I, I think where it comes from, the reason this happens is I've had a lot of time to think about this. And I, like I said, I have liberal friends that I get along with, but they know I'm conservative, and we just don't talk politics. That's just the way it is. And as you know, I try to avoid talking politics in my everyday life anyway. But I continue to say that liberalism at its core is an ideology of self-hate. Any ideology that's willing to admit that you know, when you, you embrace something like abortion, what you're essentially saying is I shouldn't be here. Not me personally, but if I'm talking liberal, I could have been aborted and I would have been perfectly fine with that. Any ideology that believes in zero population growth which means there's too many people on the earth, which means I guess some of them should be killed, which ones they never quite point out, except for maybe conservatives in the United States. It's a, it's a ideology of self-hate, of hating people, of hating humans, and I think this is that kind of anger that comes out in situations like what Chad McMorris is going through. I think at their core, what motivates, what really the anger comes they, – they, imagine every day you're waking up, and if you really do believe that humans are killing the planet, and you're one of them, over time – you may be able to blow that off for a while, but over time, you start seeing yourself as part of the problem. And that's what I mean about self-hate. Now, I believe that that thinking is wrong. But it doesn't matter what I think. It only matters what they think. They think that humans are bad. Well, they're human. So once again, it's, it's a, an ideology of self-hate that comes out in situations like this. I think that they look at somebody like Chad, Chad McMorris. They see him as a traitor, T-R-A-I-T-O-R, and they see him as somebody who – has actually gotten dumber by doing this article. Then you have to lock lockstep with them, and this is the exact reason that we on the right continue to have many more intellectual talks as well as we can. Good people can disagree on things, and that's what's been going on. You can see it going on at National Review right now regarding this article that came out with um, Rich Lowry and Ramesh Ponaru. I Ponaru. 
regarding nationalism and patriotism. And there's been this back and forth between them and Jonah Goldberg and a couple others disagreeing on what it all means. Good people can disagree. And nobody is necessarily going to get kicked out of the club. Heck, you can be a conservative these days and be pro-choice. You can be. I don't know if you can be anti-gun, but you can be a Republican and be pro-choice and be conservative on many issues, but still be pro-choice. And we have the ability within our circles to have those kind of conversations. On the left, you don't get that. It is, it is liberalism all the time. It is socialism all the time. It's one, th- one idea thought all the time. And if you step outside that, even if it's just for an article, and I'm not even sure that Chadwick Morris uh, even agrees with Milo and all the crazy stuff that he puts out there, just writing an article about the guy can get you in trouble. That would never happen on the right. You could have some... Right-wing writer do an article on some leftist might get some crap, but the person would never get to the point where he'd feel or she would feel like, you know what, I have to leave the conservative circles. These people, people are just too have too much hate in them. That just would never happen. Never happen. But it does happen on the left. And uh, I, th- I think this is the reason that over time, you know, everybody's so worried about young people today and how liberal – and I do too. And I, It's because of education. I keep bringing that up. And they worry what happens if as they get older. What if they stay liberal? Well, the good news is that a lot of them don't. And a lot of them don't because I think a lot of them eventually figure out how the world works. Also, I think a lot of them figure out – Eventually, that they've kind of were brainwashed when they were in school, and they did were indoctrinated, and they were taught some things that they found out eventually aren't true, and that's what we have to have to keep in mind. The problem is some people can insulate themselves from the world better than others, unfortunately, and it's probably easier to do now than ever with social media and computers and, and everything else. You can just totally pretend that reality doesn't exist. Well, reality eventually is going to get to you. Now, you can deny it and everything, but it's going to happen. And I think what you hear in a lot of these people, all this hate that the left has is that's reality creeping in on their view of how the universe works. They hate that the, the universe works in a certain way. Whereas we as conservatives, we accept that the universe works in a certain way And the way is trying to figure out how to make it best given those circumstances. So I think this is a lot – what you're seeing with Chadwick Morris I think happens to a lot of of other people in different ways. They just don't want to be a part of it anymore. They're just – they get tired – of thinking of themselves as bad people when they know that they aren't. And they're tired of being attacked for having even one opinion outside of what is accepted. It wears people out. Now, if you worry about your social status and everything, you'll keep doing that till the day you die. 
But if you want to be an independent thinker and you want to be able to sleep at night and you don't worry about your popularity, then you have the courage to change. And it sounds like Chadwick Morris has finally gotten to that point, and I, and I congratulate him on that. We're happy to have you. I'm not saying you need to be as conservative as I am, but I'm glad that one prominent writer out there now gets to see what he has been part of for so long and why for so long we have been telling people like him, your side is ugly. Not are you just wrong. Not only are you just wrong on the world and how it works, you, your people are just ugly. And like I said, I've experienced that in my life with liberals that uh, – <laughs> it's, you know, it's the hardest thing that I have to tell you. It's the hardest thing to understand, uh, at least for me. On one hand, you can know people who can be so giving and helpful and everything. Then on the other hand, the, there's much filth can come out of their mouths when it comes to uh, the other side, uh, you know, the other side of an ideological argument or something. It's hard to understand. It, it really is. And how lockstep they are, they expect everybody to stand in line. You just, uh, it's, it goes back to something that I've said for a long time. You just don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And this goes for anything, trying to keep up with the Joneses or whatever else. Is that you don't sometimes you don't realize what make people what makes people tick. And I'm sure Chadwick Morris is probably going through that right now. He was friends with all these people for years and years and years. He writes one article, and now most of them don't want to uh, pay attention to him. And he probably right now at night is thinking, did I know these people at all? Used to have drinks with them, used to go to the movies with them, joke about this, and talk and make fun of George W. Bush. And now they, they're like they don't even know anymore. Did I know them at all? It has to be very strange uh, for him. And I think, though, this is one of the reasons that more liberals don't break away because they see something like this and they get scared. People get afraid. They have their social status. They don't want to be outcast, even if they are going to be on the right side. They don't care. It's something hard to understand. But I got to go. You can email me, edwarddensel at reagan.com. You can follow me on Twitter, USA Podcast. You can find the show Monday through Friday, 11 p.m. Eastern on the Prime Channel on redstatetalkradio.com. Find it Podomatic and iTunes. Listen, share, subscribe. I have my other show, Unfound, doing very well. Find it on Podomatic and iTunes. Really go for some nice reviews of that show on iTunes if you can make it there. And that's about it. You've been listening to America's Conservative Podcast.